Hi, I'm Joe. And I'm James. And this is the Decahedron RPG Podcast. Hi, James. Hi, Joseph. We're recording on Zoom today because we're doing a little feedback, but this is not really a feedback episode. But because it's Zoom, we're under some time pressure that we're not normally under because I'm cheap. And I'm not going to pay Zoom $150 a year to have longer recording sessions. And this was actually your idea for an episode, but I thought it was a brilliant idea. And your idea was, why don't we start with the same stats and both make a character based on those stats, and then we'll compare the character. I think the whole point for this exercise, as far as you were concerned, was to show that a character isn't just a bunch of numbers. A character is all the work you put in behind those numbers to give it life. Is that right? I'm going to say to a great degree, yes. We came up with this idea last month. I rolled up the stats as soon as we came up with the idea. And then we did nothing uh, with them until this week. I made my character on Thursday. From what I gather, you are still making yours this morning. (laughs) Um, But Thursday, after I finished making my character, I wrote the background and everything. We got a voicemail from Evil Jeff. And remember way back when, like episode two or three or something, our episode was about character backgrounds and evil Jeff wrote in, he had some ideas and I wanted to do a full episode on, on what he said. That was episode number 17, which was character background part two, which makes this episode character background part three. Uh, but we did get feedback from evil Jeff. And I thought how perfect as we're preparing this character, we get feedback from Jeff about the backgrounds. So let's listen to what Jeff had to say. It's broken up into three parts. We're going to listen to the first part. Hey, it's Evil Jeff. How are we doing, Joe and James? Hope we're doing well. been a while since I've called, and I figured I'd leave a message here because I wanted to uh, add a rebuttal, clarification, expansion uh, of the lovely episode that you did based upon the comment that I made about character backgrounds and everything. So let's go ahead and get into that, and that's going to definitely be two messages here. So uh, you started off by, on your first point, having a problem with what I said. Um, as you said, you know, if somebody told me, give me, you'd be like, heck no. Um, that probably was a little bit more of, you know, not being entirely clear there. If somebody wants to give me a background, cool, right? If you don't want to give me a background, cool. All right. I'm not making anybody give me a background. The only thing I would definitively ask for, even say make, is I would like to know motivation. Why is the character out there? And part of my reason is really, you know, trying to keep out the murder hobos. Honestly, that's really what it is. I mean, somebody's out there to slag, hash, kill, things like that. I I don't want that in my campaign. So I'd like to have some motivation in there. So I, I want to clarify that part of it. Hey, Jeff, it's good to hear from you. Haven't heard from you in a while. Like I said, your timing was awesome. So what do you think about that, James? I agree with a lot of what he was saying. I have had an adventure where the people were just there to kill everything and anything that got in the way. It didn't matter if it was the monsters, some other player characters, or just the people in town. And those are not fun games. I've run games like that, and yet they're not fun from the GM side of things either. I'm going to agree with Jeff in that I feel that characters 
should have a background. They should have, even no matter how slight in a motivation. And I will often ask that, but I'll, I'll do it verbally. Like when we're sitting around the table, I don't insist on it being written down. Yeah, don't want murder hobos. My initial response to that was going to be, uh, that comes down to player trust. And if you have players like that, maybe you shouldn't be playing with them. But again, I do a lot of my playing online. I post the invites publicly on Roll20's uh, little board there. Looking for players. Don't always have full control over the, the players that are coming in. So I get that. And I will definitely concede that point to Jeff. To that point, our characters have background. That is what they have. Let's talk about our characters. So the stats we rolled were a strength of eight, an intelligence of 15, a dex of 13, a wisdom of 14, a constitution of 10, and a charisma of eight. That is two stats that are very, very slightly below average, one stat that is average, and three stats that are above average. One that's slightly above average, the other two are definitely above average. Originally, when we thought about this, we were going to make the characters using Rule Cyclopedia was what I had in my mind. But when we talked about making the episode this week, you said, can we do it in AD&D First Edition instead? And I'm like, yeah, why not? We should have thought that one through a little more because AD&D has a lot of weird and arbitrary rules that really drive me crazy. And so with these stats, that really, really narrowed down the choice of classes. So what were the available classes? Cleric, magic user, and thief, and really nothing else. You even let me use Unarthicana. I thought I was going to get away with something other than just maybe doing a trial character. Because we added in Unearthed Hana, I rolled the comingness score. I rolled a 13. Because of the charisma, it got lowered down to a 12. That's the way the book says to do it. So of those three classes, what class did you pick for your character? Myself, I chose a human cleric. I find that interesting because I thought for sure you'd go magic user because the highest stat was intelligence. I almost did. You went human cleric, which is my character class if I play AD&D, because you know how I feel about non-humans. I much rather play a human. I don't like non-humans in my game world. So you picked the character that in a normal game I would run, which is interesting because I feel the character that I made is the kind that you would kind of pick. I made a gray dwarf, also known as a dwager, cleric thief. You have a human cleric. I have a gray dwarf cleric thief. Alignment. What alignment did you pick for your cleric? Chaotic good. We don't have a, a DM. I need a DM because I have a special favorite ass, the DM. So Evil Jeff, I am appointing you as DM for this episode. Call in and let us know if you will let me do this because by the rules, I cannot play a lawful good character. And I want this character to be lawful good. And I think it's justified by its backstory. If you will not give me that, because thieves cannot be good. They can only be neutral or evil. However, my character isn't a thief per se. He's not going to go around stealing stuff. He's not going to break into people's houses. It's stuff he did in the past. And so that's why I think I could justify the good. When you hear the whole backstory, I think it will be justified. But if evil Jeff will not let me get away with playing a lawful good cleric thief, he will be lawful neutral with good tendencies. <laughs> okay what is the name of your human cleric well he has two names gray man of saint nightmare that's his religious uh name and i'm still not liking his 
his first given name, John Francis. I'm still not hooked on that, but it's going to stay for now. My character's name is Grudmund Flintfingers. Oh, God. Go on. That's it. That's his name. I thought that sounded very dwarfish. Okay. And the flint fingers, I thought that sounded kind of thiefish. Anyway, go ahead and give me your backstory. Backstory I've been working on. It usually takes me several weeks to get all of it together, but here's what I got for you. Mom and Dad took care of the town's one church and graveyard, so I knew death well before I made friends. I was the odd kid. All the kids asked about the dead people and the undead. As a young man, I went to the church of St. Nightmare and became one of the priests there in time. I learned how to fight, and my specialty was undead. I noticed that the world was having a lot of undead issues, so I started traveling and cleaning up graveyards or tombs to try to bring down the undead menace. That's as far as I've really got on here. I still have other ideas I have not fleshed out yet, so... So that is your character. And to me, that sounded very much like you did it in bullet points, which I find interesting. We'll talk about that in a second when we mm. play Evil Jeff's next email. Here is my character background. Interestingly enough, I counted the words because Evil Jeff said, you know, uh, about 150 words. And I, I'd already written it. And after I got his email, I said, oh, let's tie this all in. So I counted it and it's 212 words. <laughs> and actually, most of the time I spent writing it, was whittling it down because originally I found the first draft, it was 341 words. No, it takes more effort to write concisely than it does just to flow off at the mouth. Here's the prose version. Grudman Flintfingers was a spy for the Dwegermeister. I'm sorry, that is a pun. I couldn't resist. Originally, I said the, the Dwager King, but <laughs> there's an alcoholic beverage called Jägermeister, and I just the Dwegermeister. Anyway, uh, Grudman Flintfingers was a spy for the Dwegermeister. As a thief, his job was to sneak into human settlements so that the gray dwarf forces could raid them. Ruthless and efficient, Grudman was deeply loyal to his people. One night, he infiltrated the human town of Meadowbrook and opened the gates. The Dwegger poured into the town, capturing as many slaves as they could. Grudman was filled with horror at the atrocities committed against the innocent town folk. The humans eventually managed to beat back the raid, but not before Grudman had been seriously wounded. In the chaos of the battle, the retreating forces left him behind. Grudman was taken in by a group of lawful good clerics who nursed him back to health. Deeply moved by their compassion and kindness, Grudman began to learn about the clerics' religion and to question the morality of his past actions. As he recovered, Grudman abandoned his former life and became a cleric in their order. Now Grudman roams the land, haunted by the memories of his past. Atoning for past sins, he seeks to bring healing and justice to the world. He is a staunch defender of the innocent, and he always remembers that little town where he found redemption and a new purpose in life. Very good, but that's like you. <laughs> I feel bad about a, a couple things, like like the, the Dwegermeister. Does the does the GM have Dwegermeisters in his world? Do the Dwegers go out slaving? It seems like they would. Is there going to be a little town called Meadowbrook? Was I okay naming it that? Maybe well, I should have just left it unnamed. Uh, by the way, I named it Meadowbrook because where I grew up, there is a neighborhood called Meadowbrook, mm -hmm. and there is a bowling alley there <laughs> where they do duck pin bowling, which I know no one listening to this is going to know what duck pin is, but that's the kind of bowling I grew up with. And every time I go back home, my nieces, because they are mega, mega cool, and their husbands take me and my wife there, and we do a couple strings of uh, duck pin bowling. But anyway, 
the name sounds very idyllic and peaceful and it sounded like it would work. But anyway, the thing with being a spy, that's how he got his thief skills. And that's why I'm like, he's not really a thief in the traditional sense that he steals stuff. And he he does that. He was a spy. And so that's why he learned to climb walls and pit pockets and do all those hiding shadows. All those thiefy skills was for his spying job so in my pitch to be lawful good i would also throw in yeah i'm willing to give up like thieves can't and stuff like that the dungeon master whoever's running the game is just looking for something they can work with so the names of the towns or dragon master like you said is no brainer they can simply talk to you and say do you mind if i change it to this or yeah i can work with this but i need to change something and I'm sure most people would work with it within some reason. I'm hoping. Yeah, if someone came to me with that background, I would probably change the name of the town. And um, actually, the rest I could probably work with no problem. All right. Let's listen to Evil Jeff's part two. On your second point there, talking about uh, bullet points um, instead of sentences. You know, to me, and this is just my feelings on it, a bullet point is a short bit of information. It is not a complete sentence, which to me is not always a complete thought. It gives you an idea. But by having a bullet point, you potentially leave yourself up to a lot of interpretation, which could lead to some problems later on. So, you know, having a sentence with, you know, more words helps kind of clarify things because you have to do put information into a voice. Uh, we know present, past tense, things like that. So we're going to pause here. So bullet points, I think... Jeff is thinking about very short bullet points, right. and I was thinking about kind of longer bullet points. I, like I said, your character background sounded to me like it was more bullet points than a fully formed paragraph. Right. Uh, and just as an exercise, I made my character in bullet point format. And so I'm going to read off the bullet points. Same character, but in bullet points. I have six bullet points. Bullet number one, he was trained as a spy slash thief. Bullet point number two, on his first mission to infiltrate a town, he was wounded and experienced a road to Damascus moment. Number three, he was healed by lawful good clerics and joined the order. Number four, committed to his new path as a cleric and a champion of the innocent. Number five, haunted by his memories of the past. Number six, hopes to one day return to the underworld and convert his own people. I think that works. I think that works perfectly. I'm going to say I love this better. Especially the um, the road to Damascus, and I'm going to go on Evil Jeff's idea. Though this is for interpretation, so you may want to talk to the DM, or the DM should talk to you if he really wants to play changing this in any man manner. But it's the same thing with the previous reading you did. I think this works. This is more of a framework. I think it's much easier to scan, and when I'm playing the character, I can look over these and say, okay, yep. We're going to leave this one up to Jeff. Hey, Jeff, what do you think of the bullet points there for that character? Do you think that works better than the prose? Did you like the prose better? Let us know. Let's get back to his voicemail. Here we go. And I argue that the subject of the sentence is not always character. I'm sorry. I can make a sentence that relates to the character, but the subject is not the character. So we not need to go back and start looking at English and everything here, but... Uh, I'm going to disagree with you on subject is always related to the character. No, that's not the way it's going to work on a sentence. I looked back at the thing I wrote, and remember, I wrote this before I got your voicemail. When you look at all the sentences, 
there are like three sentences where he is not the, the subject. In the case of the bottle, the retreating forces left him behind. But of course, I could have just flipped that around and say he was left behind by the retreating forces, in which case he becomes the subject of the sentence again. And there was another one but somewhere about, anyway, I'm not going to go look through them. There, there were three sentences. The, the rest were all about him. Yeah, always might be uh, a bit of a uh, hyperbole, but... You know, it's like when you say everybody walks to the store. Well, not everybody, because some people can't walk at all. Yeah, but, you know, everybody. So every sentence, that's the kind of say. And so I would say my little exercise right here kind of proves my point. But maybe that's my writing style. Back to Jeff. That seven cents NPC, by the way, never read the article in Dragon. Sounds like what I was proposing is something similar to it. Maybe an alternate version, expanded version. But, yeah, I mean, it works out pretty well. Um of course, you would like to use it with bullet points. Again, that's just your preference on that. So, hey, teach his own. Yeah, Jeff, I will agree with that last part a million percent. To, to each their own. If we were all the same, it would be a very boring world. It is important to be respectful of how we're all different. And you do that. I try to do that. We're, we're just stating our preferences. So also as an experiment, I decided to do this as a six-sentence PC. And it, yeah, the article is seven sentences, but one of the sentences is, you know, the, the hidden knowledge. What can the characters get from them? And that doesn't make sense for a PC. So here it is as a six sentence PC. Interesting enough, this came out to 126 words. Again, I counted after I read, read, listened to the voicemail. I said, Oh, I should do him as the six sentence PC too. So here's how it comes out as a six sentence PC. Grudman Flintfingers was once an evil Dwerger spy, but has since repented and joined the lawful good religious order. He has a prominent but not unsightly scar above his left eye that he acquired in a raid against Meadowbrook. Grudman is sturdy and compact, standing just over four feet tall, with a thick copper-colored beard and a short, spiky copper-colored hair and eyes of brilliant sapphire. He is a first-level cleric thief. He values justice, redemption, and compassion, believing that all beings are capable of change and that everyone deserves a chance to make amends for their mistake. He is mistrustful of those who he suspects of having ties to the Dwegger or criminal organizations, and he is otherwise willing to lend a helping hand to all those in need. What did you think of the six-sentence version there, James? It felt a lot like the first one, just broken apart. This was my least favorite of all the versions, to be honest. Although if someone handed it to me and said, this is my character, I would have no problems with that. Right. This told me a little less about his background, and it told me a little less about his motivation. Told me a lot more about his appearance, which I care zero about. Um, (laughs) I know that you are a visual, a very visual person. I am not. Mm. So that is what it looked like in the six sentence format. And finally, we have one more part from Evil Jeff. Evil Jeff, the floor is yours. Your last point about pulling from the background of a character, you don't like that. Yeah, that, that to me is GM preference. That's what you want to do. Um, I don't mind it because if somebody comes up with a background, and this is the thing, if somebody wants to come up with a background for the character, cool. But I want to make sure that it would fit into my game world. Now, I know some people like don't want to guess what my game world is, things like that. Oh, we can be emergent. Okay, that's cool. Um, but I'm also going to be you know, rather direct with them and if they start coming up with this oh yeah you know this is how my character knows this person things like that i'm like you never said that before so you're making an assumption and i'm not going to allow that you know you want to say you know somebody or have some things cool 
give me a back, let's do a background there. You know, give me that information so I can decide whether or not it's going to be part of your background is in the world background. But I like having some of that because somebody might come up with a great idea that gives me an opportunity to fill out my world a little bit more. So I don't mind pulling from the background. Do I always do it? No, but it, it's a nice option. So there you are, guys. My rebuttal, clarifications, whatever, for character background. Been appreciating uh, all the rest of the podcasts you've been putting out and everything. I've uh, listened to them all, uh, including sex, which all danced around I got close to. Have a good evening. Later. Hey, Evil Jeff. Thanks for that. By the way, everyone, Evil Jeff is from the Minions and Musings podcast. Like Jason podcast, it is an excellent podcasting. Uh, Evil Jeff was the first person to mention us in his podcast, and I think that's how everyone else found us. So I very, very much appreciate you, Evil Jeff. i not even going to disagree with anything he said there. How about you, James? He's right. Um, sometimes I would agree there are players who try to push their character's agenda sometime, and it's entirely going left when the party's going right. So sometimes you do have to shut it down. I played with a player like this. We were playing a supers game, not you and me, me, a guy named Tony that I knew up here. And this, uh, I can't remember her name if I think I will, but it's not important to the story. Yeah, she kept throwing out a lot of things that I felt was in the GM sphere, not in a player's sphere. It sounds like Jeff has had experience with this. I would have no problem shutting something like that down. There are my bits of the the universe and there are the character's bits of the universe. And I would never dream, never in a million years dream of telling the GM, oh, yeah, I know this random NPC that you just threw there. And if someone did that to me, I would say, yeah, no, you don't. So I see where he's coming from. And because I would never dream of doing that, that's why I had, had no problem saying whatever it is I said that he was responding to. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't allow that. Although fudge had a pretty good mechanic where if you spent a fudge point, you know, like a karma point or a fate point or whatever Mm -hmm. it's called in a million other games, a drama point, whatever, a plot point, you could make that happen. Oh, I know the prison guard. Here's here's my my payment for to make that happen. I thought that was a nice little workaround to make stuff like that happen. And as for the rest of it, pulling from the character background, I guess it's a matter of degrees. One of the podcasts I listen to, and I won't throw them under the bus because I'm about to disagree with them big time. They talk about that big time. They talk about how they as GMs want that because they want to pull that stuff up. They want to make those major plot points in the campaign. And that's what I was talking about. It sounds like Jeff is talking about it to a much lesser degree. Oh, here's like for my character, here is a, a Dwager from, you know, that you knew from your village. Yeah, that's okay. If he is the main villain of the entire campaign, that was would irritate me. But if just someone to run into or a minor little side quest or something, someone from Meadowbrook came in, you know, there's, there's stuff he could work there to make things a little more interesting. I'd be fully okay with that. It's when it's the center point of the campaign that it irritates me. Uh, likewise with your character, you know, people from your religious order and stuff. So I think that would work. We're running out of time. That's why I'm speaking fast. Thanks for joining me, James. Thanks, Joe, for uh, this invitation. And you, uh, and thank the audience for listening. Yeah, thanks, everyone, for listening. We're rushing. We're right against the wire. Uh, please, please send feedback information is in the show notes. Until next week, keep those dice rolling. Bye, Joe. Bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Decahedron RPG cast. We'd love to hear from you. 
you can leave us a voice message by calling 562-774-2278. That's 562-RPG-CAST. Or by visiting sayhi.chat slash decahedron. You can also email us at feedback at decahedron.com. Links are in the show notes. For more information, visit decahedron.com. Remember that decahedron is spelled with a K. Music is by Kevin McLeod. Logo is by Design Cat. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, keep those dice rolling.